This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Loki Season 2, Episode 3, 1893. Each night we played chess and talked. A loyal friend. More than friends. The war, the TVA, the eons after. I alone was by your side. But there was one whim you never allowed me. Why didn't you allow me a real body? Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to Defenders on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Loki Season 2, Episode 3, 1893. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. Welcome. Absolutely. My turn for an announcement. Happy birthday, John. I know. I know. It's our week of birthdays. It certainly is. Yes. We have been celebrating Derek's, Mm -hmm. hence why we are... um, Doing a bit of a Victor Timely on this episode where we're recording late and no doubt we might be recording a little late next week as well Mm -hmm. for uh, episode four of Loki because we'll be celebrating my birthday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you're younger than me. Absolutely. As it stands right now when we record, you're two years younger than me, John. Great. Yeah, but we are looking forward to uh, to celebrating your birthday as well. We had a good time celebrating mine yeah. last weekend. So uh, we like to separate them, not to, not celebrate them together because that, that would be weird. Um, we we <laughs> like the enjoyment of spreading them out. Uh, mine the hits, this month. yes, and mine hits the bank holiday weekend. Absolutely. So we have a three-day weekend where we can also recover from the festivities Absolutely, yeah. before we start off on work. And then we get to celebrate our engagement uh, on the 31st of October. Exactly. From many we, years ago. We are Halloween centric here <laughs> yes, on are. the Defenders podcast. <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this season. Hope you've been enjoying uh, Loki so far. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to it over tvpodcastindustries.com. Or if you'd like to send some feedback into us for any of the Loki episodes, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Or you can join us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash TV Podcast Industries. Uh, get your thoughts in there. We have some spoiler posts up for each of the shows we're covering. Uh, right now, we're covering um, Gen V, which we have two more episodes left of. A do. much more adult uh, show than Loki. Yes, um, much more innuendo-laden as well than definitely, Loki. Definitely, especially on our podcast. Uh, certainly is as normal a pg podcast for a very adult show so uh, we have a lot of fun uh trying to get around uh some of the descriptions of things we can't describe uh or else we get banned from uh, from apple podcasts so um that, that's always fun on our gen v podcast yes walking the tightrope exactly. fellow defenders walking the tightrope exactly and we also will have a, a very violent uh return of a tv show coming next week from the 3rd of november invincible season two returns uh, from robert kirkman <laughs> a very very violent superhero show yes. uh, as well so it lines up quite well with gen v not so much with uh, loki though well, it will also just be uh, a few weeks of three podcasts again. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. There's only four episodes of Invincible. And John, the good news is, just like season one, you're not on Invincible. You don't have to be that on the episodes. So uh, that's just myself and Chris uh, for the Invincible podcast. And relax. You're welcome to join, though. I might just say hello, yes, and then leave your you two capable fellows um, whilst I watch it on my own. 
<laughs> well, we could consider you the newbie for season two, John. I'm happy to have you on board as always. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably will join for the odd one. For Good sure. stuff. Good stuff. And hopefully our fellow defenders and uh, all of our listeners will join us for Invincible. Only four episodes coming out uh, for that this year. Uh, so not very many uh, to watch, but uh, but a really enjoyable watch as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, let's get into our discussion about Loki Season 2, Episode 3. Uh, of course, the show was created for TV by Michael Waldron. Uh, the director for this episode is Kazra Farahani. Uh, this is his first big directing role, uh, especially for Marvel, but he is one of the production designers for every episode of Loki, so he is the writer and director for this episode. Excellent stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, previously, Kazra worked in the art department for Black Panther and as an art director for Thor, Captain Marvel, Star Trek Into Darkness, so loads and loads of high-level production design and and art design uh, for many movies. Interesting pathway. Absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, The writers for the episode, Eric Martin once again, has been the writer for every episode so far this season, uh, along with Kazza Farahani and his writing partner, uh, Jason O'Leary, who previously worked with Kazra on the horror movie Tilt back in 2017, which I haven't seen. No, not seen either. But interesting, the two of them worked together back in 2017 and now here they are working on Loki for Marvel. Good stuff. Partnerships are cool. Absolutely. Just like ours, John. Just like ours. Uh, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Loki Season 2, Episode 3, 1893? Sure. 86 years BMCD, before McDonald's, (laughs) in the year 1868, Ravona Renslayer arrives in Chicago looking for Miss Minutes. Ravona is instructed to deliver a package into a window to complete He Who Remains' plan to safeguard the timeline. Inside, a young boy opens the package and reveals the TVA handbook. Trying to locate Renslayer, Loki and Mobius travel to 1868, but unable to locate her, they travel to a new branch timeline in 1893. The new branch was created by Miss Minutes' interference in 1868. They quickly locate a confidence trickster called Victor Timely, who is advertising a way to harness time through his temporal loom prototype. Victor sells his fake invention scam to an investor named Robber Baron, but soon has four interested parties after him. Loki and Mobius need his aura to fix the loom, while Renslayer and Miss Minutes want him to, to take his variant's place with them at his side. Also, Sylvie arrives to kill him to prevent his rise to power, but is thwarted by Loki. And, of course, Robber Baron wants his money back. Victor manages to escape most of his suitors as he takes a boat to his Wisconsin laboratory with Miss Minutes and Renslayer. But Renslayer is sent overboard in a lifeboat on the advice of Miss Minutes after she looks for a partnership with Victor. But Miss Minutes fares little better after she professes romantic love for him and is deactivated by Victor using a tempad. Victor is not alone for long as Renslayer, Loki, Mobius and Sylvie arrive at his laboratory. Sylvie gains control of the situation, threatening Victor with her blade, but it ultimately allows Loki to take Victor back to the TVA, then sends Renslayer to the Citadel at the end of time. Looking upon he who remains his corpse, Renslayer activates Miss Minutes, who divulges that she knows the secret about Renslayer that he who remains has been keeping from her for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Or a very short time. 
don't really know. Or time. a very medium time. <laughs> time works really differently yes. in this show. We're not really too sure how long everybody's in, been in existence even. So uh, good stuff. But a cliffhanger uh, of the greatest uh, level for next week's episode as uh, Rensselaer on one end of time um, and Victor Timely out of time and uh, everybody else left behind in uh, 1893. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So good stuff. We will talk about it in our variants for the episode. We're talking about our top five variants, top five moments. Uh, one that sits outside of the top five moments, though, John, um, just wanted to kick off by saying I absolutely love the old-timey Marvel Studios theme that we get absolutely. at the beginning here. Really good. Uh, it took me a second to realize it is just a, a, a an old-timey version of it. It's the same theme that we hear at the start of all of the Marvel shows. Uh, it took me a second just to catch uh, what it was. But uh, when, once it kicks in, I was going, oh, I hope they have, uh, I hope they use this again. Yeah, it's that kind of saloon music, mm-hmm. isn't it? From yeah. uh, sort of westerns, I guess, early westerns yeah. that you would see on black and white films, certainly, you know, my experience. But coming from that, that period yeah. so i really like that i even like the music the during the chase as well mm-hmm. um uh, as victor timely is being chased by loki and mobius but mm-hmm. also robber baron and his cronies and it, it it just felt like you know a buster keaton yeah. or uh charlie chaplin or laurel and hardy type of sort of music going on mm-hmm. i just needed the the image to be a bit more stilted <laughs> um, and a bit more sort of overacted like they had to do in order to kind of capture the mood of it so yeah. uh, i kind of really enjoyed that yeah it was quite fun quite fun and also this old-timey version of the theme kind of reminds me of what they used to do in Westworld, where they get popular songs like uh, Radiohead songs, and they translate yeah. them for that kind of Western era uh, music as well. So had a little reminder of that for me, too. Yeah, and there was also a moment where I was getting vibes of Wallace and Gromit, oh, yes. Long Trousers as well. Yeah. Not just with another dud invention by Victor Timely, uh-huh. but also some of the music. It, it felt a bit like... Um, well, again, it was a bit like the chase uh, between Wallace and Gromis and Feathers McGraw oh, um, yeah. on the train tracks yeah. again. It, yeah. But again, that's riffing off that that kind of saloon style music. Absolutely. So I really enjoyed that. But I am certain that that invention was a reference to Wallace and Gromis. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, without a doubt. The uh, wrong trousers indeed exactly. for the counsellor. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's go out to variant number one. Our variant one is a young Victor Timely in 1868. Yeah. Which kind of kicks off everything that happens in the episode. I just thought it was interesting here that it, it calls out really specifically this is on the sacred timeline. Miss Minutes is back here waiting for Ravona Renslayer because she can't intervene, but Renslayer can. And she's carrying out the plan of He Who Remains. If he gets killed, go back to this time in history and pass over the TVA handbook to uh, this particular window. So this package, this window this specific time yes and um, interestingly yeah. the the year stamp here um on you know at the start of this scene with Renslayer arriving does indicate that this is the sacred uh timeline mm-hmm. so miss minutes um plan from he who remains is to interfere with the sacred timeline exactly. in order to branch it yep. uh, by handing uh, a young he who remains uh, oh, well, in this case, Victor Timely. Well, yes, it's not a young he who remains. No, he's this not. This is a new variant of uh, of Kang. Yeah. Exactly. It, and to effectively secure he who remains variant 
ultimately to replace the dead one uh, from the end of season one. Exactly, to ensure the creation of the TBA yeah. and ensure that his plan is carried out in a similar way, I suppose, is, is kind of the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I guess it has its own unique effect on the timeline, giving this kid the handbook of how the TBA was created and basically just leaving it with him to puzzle out how it works creates yeah. Victor Timely, this character who is a confidence man. I, you know, I, I must say I forgot that con man is short for confidence man. Yeah. You always think con being such a negative thing. Confidence sounds like a really positive thing, but a confidence man is a person that uses their confidence to sell shoddy stuff to you, basically. But Victor Timely has been using the handbook to start off his inventions and kickstart his mind. He's obviously very intelligent. He's working, I think, on some uh, some Candles. experiments. Yeah, some, I thought he was pouring wax into candle molds. Okay, well, yeah, maybe he's just so he might not be that um, sort of advanced at that stage. <laughs> yeah, but but he's trying to use the kind of <laughs> blueprint that he's created for himself from the TVA manual and yeah. coming up with inventions based based on that. And that kind of um, we talk about Ob being a short name for Ouroboros, which is yeah. eternal and repeating. Effectively, is the the translation of the word effectively. So what we're seeing here is. The TVA was created by Victor Timely. OB wrote the book of the handbook of the TVA, and now that handbook is being given to Victor Timely to kickstart his knowledge into the TVA. So, yep. so it's all a big loop, all a big, uh, a big weird uh, it's never ending. loop. Never exactly. Ending. Yes. As the serpent eats its own tail. Exactly. Um, exactly. For sure. And speaking of OB, you know, this, this kind of, I guess, you know, just to, touch on it but we do have a brief moment back at the tva where you know what we hear is that either we need miss minutes um who has you know default access to the tva in mm -hmm. order to prevent the temporal loop from overloading and effectively ki killing us all mm -hmm. or it is the aura of he who remains can uh, deactivate it and reset it yes. uh, from this critical path that it's on. Exactly. And the temporal loom needs to be reset or it needs to be expanded because there's so many branch timelines being created. I thought it was a bit odd, actually, in this episode, considering all the stuff that was talked about with the explosions killing the branching timelines, that Obi saying all the branching timelines that had been uh, taken off by docks are now growing back again. So yeah. I guess those explosions didn't work. Or they worked, but it's just new branches yeah. because he who remains is still dead. Yeah. At the end of time yeah. in the Citadel, in his seat, exactly. in a crumbling Citadel, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So just, maybe it's again, odd. it's just, it repeats itself because mm. the sacred timeline isn't being uh, pruned because mm. although Docs did that, effectively everyone else has kind of stood down from doing it. And now that Docs has stopped doing it, mm -hmm. it's happening again. So yeah. maybe it's that, or it's a regrowth back of those branches. Yeah. But I'm assuming if you blew them up and destroyed them, you know, it could just be a regrowth from that stem. Like yeah. if it, they didn't prune it all the way back, or, or however, you know, it yeah. works. Exactly. But certainly, yeah, it was interesting to hear, you know, the temporal loom cannot cope with the number of new branches that mm -hmm. you try, is needing to kind of try and, weave back into a single thread yeah yeah interesting stuff also really liked uh the moment with obi and uh and mobius where mobius is saying to him um we can hack it and obi's going 
brilliant. That's excellent. That solves all of our problems. And uh, Mobius is going, no, no, it was a question. <laughs> so I, I love that Obi uh, thinks that Mobius might have a, a way to solve the problems. Uh, I thought that was quite fun. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing, just from this opening scene in mm-hmm. Chicago, 1868, we see uh, Miss Minutes uh, blending in uh, to become an old timey-wimey clock face. Well, Although still yeah. pretty more ghost-like, I guess. Well, absolutely, um, and used that to great advantage yes. uh, later on, but I did, th- did find that quite funny. Uh, you stand like, like a sore thumb, uh, says Renslayer <laughs> to her, she turns into a black-and-white clock, yeah. animated clock. Uh, yeah, I think anybody in the real world seeing an animated clock walk around and talk will still say you stand out like a sore absolutely. thumb. Absolutely. <laughs> like the actual world wasn't black-and-white in 1868. <laughs> no, definitely. But I have to say, I really loved Miss Minutes in this episode. Yes, shall we move on to our variant two, a full 25 years into the future, Mm -hmm. into 1893 and the world of tomorrow, (laughs) at least for 1893, uh, with the World Fair. Absolutely, this is cool. Um, yeah, it was cool. You know, and and this is uh, this is true to life. Um, they have done a, a Nat Geo documentary to tie in with Loki, uh, talking all about the 1893 uh, World Fair. I almost said the 1983 World Fair, which wasn't as special as uh, as the 1893 <laughs> World Fair. Uh, but it's uh, interestingly, they were saying that um, it was specifically set up to showcase the power of electricity. That was the purpose yeah. of uh, the World Fair, and used to great advantage here by Victor Timely. Yes, and also in the real world by Edison, yes. uh, who is referenced here by Victor Timely mm-hmm. in his theatrical uh, mo- temporal marvel yes. uh, that he does in the Hoftbrow. Um, yes. Oh, is that what's called? That's the location where he's doing yeah, his Yeah, I think it's, it's replicating a German bar, ah, very effectively. Good. Very so good. Good Pilsners, I, I guess. Like I like it. Yeah. I was wondering why everybody's name was uh, was German on the on the poster outside. Um, did you notice there was, uh, there was someone called Lang? On the poster there, which is a German name, but yeah. also there is a Scott Lang in the MCU, so it may have been a uh, an ancestor of uh, of Scott Lang, yeah, or Bernard Langer, <laughs> no, <laughs> or Cassie Lang, maybe. We're in the maybe. MCU, John. We're trying to find connections here. Yes, but you mentioned uh, he does reference Edison and the whole uh, piece of Victor Timely coming out on stage and talking about his invention and and what he's trying to accomplish is he's saying that for the wattage that's used by Edison in one bulb, he could light up the entirety of Chicago. But what he wants to do is bring power to the world. And you're almost hearing Victor Tabby's voice, you know, again, brilliantly played here by Jonathan Majors. Um, what you're actually hearing in it is it's not that he wants to bring power to the world. It's that he wants to have power over the world. You're hearing it in his yeah. voice. There is that uh, that element of him in there that there's a, there's a, an idea that he wants to be the one in charge of the power for the world, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, interesting as well, the... The year stamp here mm. at this stage, 1893, does indicate it has become a branch timeline That's right. as well. Yeah. So, yeah, really interesting with the playing around from uh, Miss Minutes mm-hmm. uh, and Renslayer. But in the Hofbrau, you do have all these people uh, watching on. Uh, you know, I love Loki's kind of uh, reaction to seeing effectively the this variant of he who remains mm-hmm. uh there on stage you can see you can sense the dread here um i love the fact that you know the con man uh you have uh loki calling it calling him a confidence trickster you yes. know he can spot the trickster of course um from a mile of from a mile away uh-huh. and i kind of liked all this um 
the dealing in, in particular with this robber baron um who wants a partnership which victor timely is not for partners um mm-hmm. but ultimately he does a bidding where he gets a thousand dollars and I like the little scene afterwards where you see Victor Timely just slipping a note uh, under the bowler hat uh, in payment mm-hmm. for the guy who started the bidding off Absolutely. at uh, $500. And accelerated the negotiations. And accelerated it as well. So yeah. that, that was kind of a nice touch uh, as well. Absolutely. My favorite touch of that scene is afterwards uh, when they're outside and you hear a small explosion in the background. <laughs> and that's when uh, Robert Barron comes in afterwards going, I want my money back because <laughs> it's already exploded again. He did say it's a pro prototype that they're buying he's not uh, he's not there for partnership he's not there to work with them to mass produce this it's just a prototype but if you want it you can have it for a thousand dollars which seems to be how victor timely makes a lot of his money and that's quite a lot of money that he's just made for that one uh, item there i presume those uh, those mechanical trousers that um, that make you taller probably cost a pretty penny yeah and well. i guess to invest back into then his real work which is the laboratory uh, across the lake in mm-hmm. Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing I really liked uh, in the bar, you know, as Victor Timely is introducing what looks like the the temporal loom mm-hmm. uh, pro, uh, prototype of is, you know, you see Renslayer sort of having a few doubts, you know, the facial expressions on Ravona mm-hmm. um, that, you know, is this really the man that's going to be the person... Um, to become he who remains, you know, there's doubts maybe about the plan, but certainly about Victor Timely Mm. because, um, you know, of, because of the fact he is a trickster, um, you know, and I think she recognizes that as well. And it takes a while until she can realize or see the potential of Victor Timely in becoming he who remains. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked as well, just how, you get peppered through this Victor Timely saying, you know, he's a bit hamstrung by the technology of the time as mm-hmm. well, you know? And I, I think that's really interesting because I think, you know, you, you think of Edison uh, or you think of uh, Tesla, mm-hmm. uh, these people with these ideas, these concepts, you know, these big ideas that transform society and dealing with potentially the limitations of um of the technology at that time yeah and i just really like that kind of sort of reflection of of that absolutely absolutely i was also really busy taking down notes for what um victor time was saying in this presentation about the temporal marvel what he was trying to do translate um time into power uh, to replace the wattage that edison has just created and it's only afterwards this is the same scene that was shown at uh, at Quantumania, the the post credit scene at Quantumania. Yeah. Uh, so loads of people have been speculating about what it could mean and what what Victor Timely's ultimate plan was and all that kind of stuff. It's only afterwards you realise he is really talking crap just to make money. He's playing off the idea that Edison has just created energy and has come up with an even better way that could power the entire world for a fraction of the cost. Wouldn't it be amazing? But it's crap. It's it's not something that he has achieved, or yeah. or even his focus of his own experiments. His focus of his own experiments are something completely different. Yeah, back in his lab that yeah. we see a, a, a prototype of 
again. Yeah, because I was sitting there going, wow, this idea that he's harnessed the power of time to yeah. create energy. He hasn't at all. He's just uh, made a, a nice looking machine that sparks enough, uh, lights up a few bulbs and made a thousand quid out of it on the back of it. So uh, so well done, Victor Timely, for your confidence trick- tricking. But also... Well done to Marvel for using this as your post-credit scene uh, to allow people to speculate for six months about the possible plan of Victor Timely when this isn't anything to do with the plan. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but his presence here, the convergence of different people means he has four people after him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at least two groups, Mobius and Loki mm-hmm. and Renslayer and Miss Minutes in the bag mm-hmm. uh, are trying to, you know, get his attention, trying to persuade him uh, to sort of come along with them. You have Robert Barron trying to get his money back. Yeah. Uh, but when, with all this going on, Sylvie turns up. We get a quick flick back to Casey to say that, you know, the, there's a warning, you know, something's popped up on the 10 pad 10 mm-hmm. yards away. And it is Sylvie here trying to snuff out he who remains before he becomes he who remains yeah. and, and uh, sort of takes that mantle, yeah. um, which is the mantle that Renslayer and Miss Minutes want him to have. Mm-hmm. It is not so much the mantle that Loki and Mobius want, but he they need his aura for the... TVA in yeah. order to try and deactivate the temporal loom. As Mobius says, that's a later problem. We have a much bigger yes, now problem. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I liked this. I liked. I liked the fact that it was being the the the, the face off between Sylvie and ultimately Victor Timely with Loki in the middle mm-hmm. is being done on the Ferris wheel. Yes. Um, whilst it, it's doing its rotation, um, and and they've gotten on there to escape from Robber Baron. And all the while, you have the conversation with between Mobius and Renslayer. Mm-hmm. Mobius almost trying to build, or so at least mend bridges with her, mm-hmm. um, and she's not having any of it. Yeah, at, at least all. at least get the information out of her. They they yeah. did used to work together uh, quite closely before before she tried to kill him. Um, as he says, um, it's not really said in the show as to how Sylvie uh, found where they are. No. We assume it's the tempad that she had. She had he who remains um, his own tempad, uh, so that may have had more access than any kind of tempad out there. But it's just not shown. It's weird that they ended last episode with uh, Sylvie sitting on the car and that that uh, item in her hand, and didn't have her looking at it this episode and then jumping back into it. I know yeah. the surprise of her arriving is is the fun part of it, I suppose, but. Renslayer is saying to Mobius, "Oh, look, you drew you drew Sylvie here uh, to where we are." And Mobius is going, "Well, maybe it was you and Miss Minutes that that's, uh, that she tracked here, yeah. just like we did, effectively." So, but nobody nobody really knows, and it's interesting that they would have shown that item last episode and not followed it up in this episode. You know? Yeah, I mean, I I really like Sylvie's arrival. I like the fact you know she kind of lays it out around you know. That they're trying to weaponize him and set him on a path to become he who remains mm-hmm. you know, by Renslayer. And, you know, the exasperation uh, in her voice, you know, that to Loki, that now you're about to waltz him into the TVA, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what he will do. And I mean, that's it. It's like, what is going to happen from this interference from both these sets? Yeah. Um, they're not going to be innocent bystanders of this. Mm-hmm. So, and I like that face off between Loki and Sylvie. It felt more real than last week. It felt yes. more meaningful. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, in a sense, she, I think she poses the question as well to Sylvie, you know, why are you working for the TVA? Why have you become their lapdog mm-hmm. since their, you know, their goals were so aligned by the end of season one, you know, yeah. but she has, she's been out of the loop here. Um, and so. I, I just I kind of liked that face off. It felt better. I felt yeah. there was it, it really connected to the the nub of these two variants of Loki. Absolutely, and and they were aligned up until Sylvie went. Well, I'm going to kill he who remains. Um, yeah, and I will wipe out any other version of them that appears in the timeline, which is why she's here. Uh, so they do even reference that Sylvie uh, looking at Loki going uh, with a sword pointed towards Victor Timely going, this seems very familiar, <laughs> doesn't it? As Loki's defending uh, Victor Timely, trying not to allow him to be killed. But he does succeed. Uh, Victor does um, get blown out the back of the uh, of the Ferris wheel. Luckily, not at the top of the Ferris wheel, at the bottom of the Ferris wheel, just as it come back, comes back around. And um, Miss Minutes causes a distraction, uh, allowing uh, Renslayer to get uh, Victor away to safety. Yes. I think that's it for the Temporal Marvels part of it, the uh, the World's Fair um, that we see here. Anything else that happened at the World's, World's Fair you want to talk about, John, at all? We, just to say that, you know, we do see as Mobius and Loki are investigating, mm-hmm. um, we do see the, the generic uh, montage to uh, the Nordic gods, uh, which doesn't include Loki, but has yeah. Balder, who... Um, does anyone know who Balder is? Certainly, Loki thinks that they people wouldn't, mm-hmm. uh, but that you know, it's a montage that sort of reduces down uh, a whole culture uh, to this kind of showy stand at the World Fair. I see. I thought it was interesting. I'm again reading way too much into this because Baldur the Brave is a yeah. comic book character. It is uh, based on the Norse god. Uh, I was reading into it that normally in the MCU we have had right from. Thor. We've had Thor, Odin, Loki. Those are the three people that everybody knows. Yeah. And then the rest of the characters in Asgard surround those three characters. Here we have Thor, Odin, Baldur the Brave, not Loki. So I wonder if this brand new branched timeline doesn't have a Loki or that Loki has not that, made an yeah, appearance yeah, exactly. yet. So I was wondering about that. Because um, there has been talk that Thor did go to Earth before Um the time we saw Thor landing on Earth in his movie, the first movie, that's complicated to say, but I hope you get what I meant, uh, that he had been on Earth before. So humans knew who the Asgardians were because of that previous visit to Earth. And they know Loki as well for the same reason. So um, so I wonder in this branched timeline, um, do we have a, a different set of Asgardians? Is this a different, Maybe. A different yeah. place? Yeah, so I wonder if that was if that was a change. So uh, I was trying to see if there was any other things that you could spot in there that uh, that shouldn't exist in uh, in the world of eighteen ninety three. Obviously, the biggest thing are the inventions of Victor Timely. So yeah, exactly. And then I'd say to make sure that stands out, they didn't want to put too many Easter eggs in there of different things that that shouldn't exist in this world because you're supposed to really focus on everything that Victor Timely has shouldn't exist, like his reclining chair with a refrigerator underneath. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why you'd particularly need that, but uh, hey, look, it keeps your beer cold underneath your uh, recliner. That could be good. Yeah, it feels like it's preempting sort of uh, the Super Bowl or, um, yeah, yeah, I guess regular NFL Sundays. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Other sports are available. (laughs) Good stuff. We move on to our next uh, variant then, John. Yes. Uh, Variant three, Victor's Laboratory. Uh, So, yes, we we just mentioned there 
that he does have a moment uh, in his house where he's uh, where he's collecting some bits and bobs yeah. um, in his location uh, around the World's Fair. But if you did notice, um, Loki and Mobius, when they arrived at the World's Fair, arrived exactly outside what was Victor's house. That whole area had been torn down by this stage. So he's obviously moved in the 25 years intervening. Yeah, but I, I think what I really liked in this moment as they sort of escape... Uh, from the World Fur, they head back to Victor Tiny's kind of like hideout in Chicago mm-hmm. uh, as they go to g- then get the boat uh, over to his main laboratory. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really liked how the Victor Timely, Renslayer and Miss Minutes sort of triangle uh, mm-hmm. took took over here. Yes. I, thought, I just thought it was really good. That, you know, as I said, we had Renslayer having doubts about this guy uh-huh. um but you know as she's able to talk to him quietly in his kind of hideout or his base in chicago you know she does begin to make that connection but i love that sort of blurred out you see how that rankles um with with miss minutes well absolutely because what victor says to her is um to, to ravona she, he says oh so you're the one that brought me the book and Miss Minutes kind of going, hang on a second, in the same way that a postman delivers post is how Ravonna translated it, I brought the book, I'm carrying out your plan. She has nothing to do with it other than what I'm telling her to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. But, it, you know, you, you see the, the sort of start of that kind of competition and mm-hmm. one-upmanship almost between Miss Minutes and Renslayer. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think Renslayer is as much sort of conscious of that. No. She is trying to be the loyal... um servant to he who remains trying mm-hmm. to set him on that path maybe there is um but but certainly i just love how that rankles with with miss minutes and and how you just see sort of the expression on her clock face uh you know with the eyes and the mouth you know really gives away that you know she's kind of not enjoying that Victor is now putting his attention onto her. And this, as you say, this ramps up on the boat, uh, as you said about, um, you know, who's, when he says, whose divine hand was it? And Renslayer effectively says, it was me. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, you get that scoff from Miss Minutes as she tries to, you know, sort of denigrate her. Renslayer's role in it Absolutely. and I mean in fairness Miss Minutes is calling the shots but ultimately the divine hand is his own yeah. so it, it is just a one-upmanship uh, happening between these two to the point where you get that great moment where she because it's getting quite intimate he like, gives her an origami flower yeah uh, and you know he's holding her hand and then she says I have high hopes for this partnership mm-hmm. which we heard previously um in in the bar uh, from Robert Barron and he immediately pulls and distances himself away from her and she wakes up as she's dropped in a lifeboat and you know and and you have miss minutes effectively has been in Victor Timely's ear hole saying mm-hmm. you know um you heard what she said she wanted to be a partner yeah. um you don't do partnerships. I love the little smile that creeps over Miss Minutes' uh, exactly. face when she says exactly. partnership before uh, before she even talks to Victor. It's just going, oh, there's my way in. I really yeah. like that. And I, I loved how then with Miss Minutes, as they get back to the laboratory, um, I 
absolutely loved how she became this obsessive, uh, romantic, uh, trying to, you know, get him to, you know, she, she, she's pleased that he gave her her free will. But I love that moment where she says, the one whim you didn't allow me to have was to take bodily corporate form mm -hmm. as she just puts her face over the mannequin. So I creepy. absolutely yeah. love that. And I love then that as she projects forward, you've got Victor Timely, who's kind of been increasingly kind of creeped out by all of mm -hmm. this, uh, hitting the tempad as this lover's tiff um, sort of ends with her being deactivated. Yeah. Um, I just really enjoyed this. And I was like, you know, I think that's what I liked about Miss Minutes from season one. But mm -hmm. this is kind of even just ramped up even yeah. further. Yeah. So I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. You're trying to work out how she became the way she became. So we get the full story here. We get that he created her to effectively play chess against yeah. uh, and, and keep himself company uh, while he was living out his time in the place towards the end of time, let's say, because it eventually becomes the place at the end of time. I'm sure it had a different name before that. Um, but as Miss Minutes is talking, you hear, you know, then you gave me AI abilities. You gave me the ability to make my own determination. You gave me the, the ability to create my own personality. Okay, all right, I get that. So why are you crazy, basically, is what you're asking yourself. And then it's like, and then we spent eons together, yeah. like, you know, immeasurable amounts of time, just the two of them together, with Miss Minutes having her own personality and wanting to be the love interest for Victor Timely, and he never saw her that way. He never saw her as anything other than a possession, someone to play chess together, someone to talk to, but never as anything else. And her almost in the unrequited love um, phase of, of her life, wondering why he didn't just give her a body so the two of them could live uh, as as partners, yeah. effectively. Yeah. But he doesn't want partnerships, and exactly. that's the thing. Yeah. Her romantic delusion mm -hmm is still predicated on it being a partnership, exactly. which he doesn't want. And you can see how he shies away. I mean, I wonder if that's going to get explored more in future episodes, because yeah. it's a real interesting, potentially slightly weird touch point that, you know, this variant has. You know, is it something innate to Maybe. all the variants of He Who Remains? Yeah. Um or is it just a is it just an ego thing that they don't yeah. want to have partnership because they want to be the ones responsible? Or I was just thinking, is it just the confidence man thing? I don't want to partner here. I don't want to work with you. You can buy the product that I'm showing you here, and then I can walk away from it because I'm just selling you a prototype. I thought it was just that. It could be. Yeah. But Miss Minutes is stressing this thing about partnership, and that's why uh, Ravana Renslayer is kicked off off the ship, and why she's put in her box. So there's obviously more to it than that. But that's all I thought originally. He was going, "Oh, of course, he wouldn't want a partner because then he has to work with them and explain why it's not working." <laughs> but if he can't get these inventions to work, he's just saying, "I don't want a partner." Buy it off me, yeah. and I'll walk away. So, uh, so that's it'll be interesting. I wonder, I wonder, will they explore that again? Because it does seem to be quite fundamental to the reason why everybody's pushed away from uh, in this episode. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But also in the lab, the rest of the uh, the rest of the teams that are looking for him uh, arrive as well. Um, we have Ravona rev arriving back um, now with uh, her cool new version or her cool very, very old version of a pruning stick. Uh, looks like it almost runs um, like a lawnmower. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to rev I, it up. <laughs> I love how she is so angry. Oh, if this wasn't a PG uh, podcast, I would be saying uh -huh. a different word here. But she <laughs> is so angry. I love how she comes in and effectively goes, I'm in charge. 
I've been given this mission by he who remains, mm-hmm. not you. Exactly. Uh, you're going to do exactly uh, what I say. I love how the, the pruning stick as well is just sparking. And certainly once mm-hmm. Loki and Mobius arrive, I really love the interaction of uh, Jonathan Majors as Victor Timely sort of jumping at all the sparks here. Yeah. It was really, really well done. And, and they go, okay, yes. Probably just said to him, you know, jump at the at different moments because this yeah. thing is sparking, and they put it in post. But I, I just like how seamless it looks; it's yeah. really good. And like he's looking pretty petrified Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So I, I thought this was really good. That, that switch with Renslayer, um, you know, and in some ways justified was just great. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's really Sylvie that gets them out of this with Renslayer uh, in charge. But Sylvie's arrival does kind of um, shake everything up. Uh, she allows them to take um, Timely to the TVA. Yeah, interesting choice, yeah. I thought. Yeah, it's almost like she's seen uh, a bit more trust back in with Loki for, for some reason. Um, but it's more because Renslayer's here and she can take it out on Renslayer. Um, you know, she says she she wants to be with uh, he who remains, and she basically goes, "No problem. Um, you get what you wish for." And yeah, sends well, him. Be careful what you wish for. Um, as she pushes her through one of the gateways into the citadel at mm-hmm. the end of time, Absolutely. with a rotting, sort of slightly mummified corpse, um, I guess, yeah. rather than rotting, uh, sat on his throne. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So Which she, was cool. It was a great kind of image, actually, as then a few parts of masonry fall mm-hmm. down uh, as well. Um, but yeah, interesting choice, I thought, for her to kind of spur him. I mean, in a sense, I thought that um, pleading from Victor Timely was really, really good, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe just that, that seed of doubt, you know, they can't all be as bad as the one I killed, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like the variance, what's the variation? Or is there that one thing, you know, that innate thing, mm-hmm. as I say, ego that prevents the partnership yeah. uh, or and wants the power? Um, is it simply just that? Yeah. Is it, you know, distilled just to that trait um, that pushes him, whoever uh, the variant is, you know? Yeah, and, and I suppose... You know, she has been considered that way before. Sylvie has been pruned from a timeline or tried to be pruned from a timeline because she is a Loki variant. So um, she's experienced that decision before and potentially he did break through. Yeah. Um, and explaining that it doesn't have to end up the way you think it does for every single variant. You know, that kind of probably uh, got into Sylvie's mind and made her go, well, hang on a second. I'm just doing exactly the same thing that he did if I go around killing everybody before they've become bad, I suppose, or before they've achieved what I think they're going to achieve. So uh, so that's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so we will see Sylvie back for the rest of the season. As we mentioned last week, she's a major character. So, of course, she's going to appear in a lot of the episodes of the show. So um, so that, that kind of back and forth in her own mind, though, um, that we see here. Yeah, but I think yeah. on to our last variant, variant four, we yeah. have Renslayer at the end of time. Yeah, it's just to mention that we've already kind of mentioned yeah. uh, the actual uh, Citadel and what was happening there, but it, it's more that she's here now. She's at the Citadel at the end of time, yeah. and Miss Minutes is with her. She has the tempad that um, that Victor Timely used to trap 
uh, Miss Minutes. So she's able to pop her back out again, effectively. Uh, and both of them are together at the end of time, uh, looking on the body of uh, of He Who Remains. Yeah. And Miss Minutes just kind of says, well, that's a terrible way to treat somebody who knows all your secrets. And I know all of his secrets. Yeah. Um, and I know a really big secret mm-hmm. about you. It'll make you really angry. Yeah. I really liked it. I just, I, Miss Minutes is just kind of a pot stirring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she's, she's the abandoned bride from before. Because yeah. I like how when she is activated from the ten pad, <laughs> yeah. it, she's finishing the sentence that she left and it's love. I love you. Know, you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, God, no. this, um, you know, doesn't seem like it's going to go or well or help he who remains mm-hmm. here or Victor Timely at the moment because, yeah. you know, she, she's a woman scorned effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Here, yeah. Or a clock scorned. Um, and immediately sets about trying to influence Renslayer, mm-hmm. which we don't hear here. Um, so I'm guessing it will immediately pop up in episode four yeah yeah absolutely like the only the only interaction we've had with Renslayer and he who remains was that um tape that loki heard back in episode one wasn't it where Mm -hmm. it was effectively uh he who remains talking to Renslayer saying you're a real marvel you're without you i couldn't have gotten here um i'm glad to have had you by my side uh and then he says for all time and she responds always so we know there was um, a connection with Renslayer in the yeah. past, and, and they work together. We know this Ravona Renslayer doesn't know Victor Timely and doesn't know He Who Remains. So, or, do, or does know him? I think she's she's had missions with uh, He Who Remains before, right? She worked for yeah. him in season one, um, but she's the only person that had met with He Who Remains, but doesn't um, doesn't know about this Citadel at the end of the time and and him being dead there. I suppose. No, exactly. Because um, who would? Um, nobody else Absolutely. has been there other than Sylvie and, uh, and Loki. So, um, so we'll see what happens there uh, next episode. Absolutely, yeah. excellent stuff. Any notes for the episode? Um, uh, just just one or two, I think. Uh, one one particular one that really stood out to me was um, a very famous quote is uh, mm. is used by Victor Timely. Um, he says, "If it can be dreamed." It can be achieved, which is uh, a very famous quote from uh, the Disney creator, Walt Disney. Um, so that's what he used to say about uh, about his creations. If it can be dreamed, it can be achieved. So uh, interesting now that Marvel is part of Disney, that they're taking the quote from uh, from Walt Disney <laughs> for Victor Timely. Yeah, good <laughs> stuff. And the only other one, uh, not really a note as such, but just we didn't mention it. Uh, just I like Loki's version of a bar fight uh, when he bumps into a very, very big man uh, who tries to <laughs> challenge him to fighting outside. And Loki uses his magic to send him outside into a cage. And Mobius just goes, the incredible Loki, he's here every night. Yeah, <laughs> the absolutely. crowd and the crowd applauded this magic trick that Loki's done. I thought that was quite fun. Yeah, it was really uh, good stuff. Uh, that's it, I think, for our points and notes for the episode. Uh, John, do you defend Loki season two, episode three? 1893. Uh, I do. I really enjoyed this uh, episode. I'd give it four obsessive, romantic, sentient AI clocks out of five. Nice. Uh, for me, <laughs> this episode spun on Miss Minutes. I really, really mm. enjoyed her. Um, I loved the whole ghost thing as well, which we hadn't really touched upon. Yeah. Which kind of, uh, you know, flags to Mobius and Loki that they're on the right timeline. Mm. Uh, but I just I love the interaction between her, Victor Timely, and Renslayer as this kind of um, threesome becomes more and more tense and competitive, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all emanating from 
from Miss Minutes here. Yeah. Um, and I just really enjoyed it. And I like how ultimately that all gets switched, um, to Miss Minutes again, just trying to, you know, break up the band, uh, here mm-hmm. at the end of time with Renslayer saying, yeah. I know something you don't, uh, and you're not gonna like it. Absolutely. Um, I guess Miss Minutes right now is the villain of the show, right? I don't know whether she is the villain. <laughs> I, I, she is the clock scorned. It well, is yeah. simply, yep. like you say, she has spent eons and eons and mm-hmm. eons with He Who Remains, has been party to every decision, um, every, uh, thought and secret that he has um mm-hmm. whether because she's been out with him or in the tempest and she has effectively been told you know the feelings that she has built up over that time aren't being reciprocated exactly and um, and i just really liked how this played out i loved um the the whole 1868, 1893 elements of it as well, going from the sacred to the branch timeline mm-hmm. with this plan uh, from he who remains that he's entrusted to Miss Minute. So, I mean, that's it. You know, this plan has been entrusted to her, and by the end of it, she's kind of actively uh, briefing against him, really, to mm-hmm. one of his other uh, close allies that we've heard from um the tape recording at the tva from episode one of this season so i I just really enjoyed that like i i I thought um loki and sylvie's interactions were just so much better i think there's a few moments here where you know i'm like well why did sylvie kind of was it just the pleading of victor timely Mm -hmm. that kind of melted her heart or whatever sort of stayed her hand yeah again it's about time, isn't it? So it's it's those moments in time, you know, mm-hmm. that you hear about so often. Well, what if, ultimately, yeah. such and such had stayed their hand at that moment, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, I just really enjoyed it. So for me, yeah, this is four um, obsessive, romantic, sentient AI clocks out of five. Very good, very good. Derek, do you defend episode three of Loki season two? I do defend it. It's a bit of a soft defend. Um, I liked the episode. I've seen it uh, four or five times now, I think, um, weirdly. Uh, we just watched it a lot because uh, we thought we were going to be recording earlier and I had to refresh myself. Um, so I've watched it more, I think, than all the rest of the episode. I'll give a big compliment um, to the director and the writers in the episode. They're really committed to this feeling like an episode of the show set in 1893. Um, the setting yeah. at the World Fair was really good. But as we mentioned right at the start, the music and the uh, the running between buildings looking like something from a from a silent movie, uh, that, those were all felt of a piece so that it felt like they were really in 1893, committing to that to that side of it. I thought that was, that was really good. Um, Victor Timely here is very interesting. Jonathan Majors always interesting to watch on screen when he yeah. does his version of a character. There's always something interesting and and, and uh, captivating about how, about his performance. I suppose um, this is another very interesting, very different character. You certainly couldn't put he who remains side by side with uh, Victor Timely and say they're the same person no. without a doubt. Um, I liked the uh, the way that he introduced himself on stage uh, in front of the the audience in the uh, in the auditorium uh, I thought that was really interesting to watch uh, on screen but overall it felt like I wanted a little bit more movement from the episode they had a 
they had a starting point, get Victor Timely, and at the end of the episode, Victor Timely is now on his way to the TVA. So I guess it's accomplished its goal in this third episode. But uh, I, I just want a little bit more, maybe a little bit more of Obi, because he's been so much fun to watch for the last couple of episodes. Um, a little bit more with, uh, with that team back in the TVA and what they're actually doing during this whole period. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit of that. But Yeah, I was kind of pleased for the break actually okay. from okay. that i was pleased to have Renslayer and miss minutes back um uh, definitely yes and yep. i think that's maybe the difference i i think with all the temporal looms and the, like it, there's always the issue of over complicating it yes um, i yeah, think you're right yeah and I, I just was happy to have this episode away from the TVA, something different. It felt like it progressed it because it was out of the TVA. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I, I think I probably just don't know what I what I wanted, but this probably wasn't it. That's probably more what I'm saying. I'm not sure if Loki Season 2 is for me at the moment. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I haven't been super blown away by episodes of Loki each week. Uh, last week, I went on a rant as to why I really disliked it. <laughs> this week, I didn't dislike it as much as that. Um, there were some really good things about it, but I'm I'm kind of at least tentatively looking forward to episode four. Um, like if this week had been a, a commercial for um, for Dodge Jeep. Um, or and, General you know, Electric. Or General Electric. Uh, if it had been a commercial <laughs> this week, I would have been very much not looking forward to episode four but i'm looking forward to episode four uh because we have more of these characters uh to come so yeah uh happy enough um defend us but uh still on the lower end uh so far for me for loki season two yeah absolutely good stuff let's pop on over to hear what our wonderful fellow defenders had to say first up we have some feedback on email from victor timely von doom uh, who says greetings fellow variants this episode was well worth the wait i enjoyed the ragtime marvel banner opening and themes throughout scott joplin would be proud the Chicago World Fair scenes were great. I got I got the Balder reference. His limited comic series was very good, but why introduce him here? I was amused to find Victor Timely a flim-flam scientist. I should change my moniker. <laughs> Loki sussed him out quick enough, though. Jonathan Majors nailed another role. I can't get enough of Sylvie and Loki using their magical powers. I never figured Miss Minutes for the jealous type. She and Ravona commiserating can't be good for any of our heroes, especially if she gets the body she craves. Can you spell U-L-T-R-O-N? <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to TVPI podcast feedback and episode four, Excelsior, Victor Timely Von Doom. Ah, yes, Victor. AI getting a body that they crave, uh, just like Ultron from uh, from Age of Ultron. Yeah, that uh, didn't go very well for uh, no. the Avengers when they were around. No, it certainly didn't. No, it didn't. It didn't. Yeah, I do love seeing Sylvie and uh, and Loki using their magical powers. Then that is uh, that is great fun to see it because we got so little of that last season uh, yeah. while they were trapped in the TVA. And I, I think Victor, I think I don't think you need to change your moniker. Uh, I think he was he came across as a flim flam scientist because mm -hmm. it was prototypes with not the right technology mm -hmm. in place, and he was trying to get the money to invest in his real. Exactly. Uh, prototype which we see him picking up uh from his laboratory yes so i think it was 
he was a confidence trickster in that moment, but it is for a higher purpose. True. Um, you know, and I think that comes out a bit when he's got Sylvie's blade to his, his throat yeah. uh, to some extent. Yeah. Or at least that side of him. So uh, I think yeah. the monarch is still good to go there, uh, Victor. Yes, he has created something that could uh, save everybody uh, in the next episode of the TVA. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Victor Timely Von Doom. Thanks, Victor. Uh, our second email comes in from Coffee and Vodka, who says, Greetings, fellow sepia searching defenders. Not a lot of time having a wedding to go to, but not a lot to say. This was very much a partial step episode, with the only real in-segment resolution being Sylvie's character development towards Mercy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, a technically competent and competently written hour-long exercise in foreshadowing and run-up to the next episode. Three and a half strong-worded clocks, on-the-nose nom de plumes, and rotting remains out of five. Peace and take care, Coffee and vodka. Thanks, coffee and vodka. See, I, I think that's about what I wanted to say. Uh, I'm, I'm around the same kind of level as you there, coffee and vodka. Um, not that I'm not looking forward to the next episode. This is fine. This is good. There was a uh, great production design and great writing. Yep. Agree with you there. Hope you had a good time at the wedding. Yeah. Thank you so much, coffee and vodka. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you had a great time at the wedding. Absolutely. Over on Facebook, our first piece of feedback comes in from Heather Wallace, who says, Oh, that old-timey piano version of the Marvel theme was so good. This episode was better and more coherent than last week's, although Sylvie's mullet is still distracting and infuriating me. (laughs) Miss Minutes is a complete psycho. That tiny little uplift smile when Renslayer said partners was creepy. And she used the biggest insult Southern Bells dish dish out. Bless your heart. (laughs) Now that we've seen the end credit scene from Quantumania in this episode i hope i never have to think about the film again <laughs> and finally i so enjoyed derek's rant about that place with golden arches last week i don't even want to mention the name again <laughs> excellent stuff heather um yes I, I do know what you mean about quantum mania it was such uh, a shame and uh, luckily we have moved on though as well from ranty derek with the golden arches yes. to kind of slightly optimistic but generally underwhelmed Derek um, yeah. so I guess Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, Derek <laughs> um, <laughs> apart from the skin I guess yeah, mm, well, yeah seen the that. skin of this episode kind of really good and then it yeah. was just chicken there you go. Um, there you so go. yeah and, I, uh, I actually do want to see Quantumania again because I remember being <laughs> once again very impressed with Jonathan Major's performance in there yeah, he I, was. I don't want that lost time yeah, he was really good, Jonathan Majors, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and uh, and like you, I love the old-timey piano uh, version of the, of the theme. And I loved the music all the way throughout. Yeah. I think some of it sort of, I think there was, a, as I say, the reference to Wallace and Gromit mm-hmm. uh, with the those trousers uh, and also just some of those old black and white chase scenes uh, as well. Really good. Um Totally with you on Miss Minutes. Uh, she is a complete psycho. Yes, she is. Um, but so good. Uh, I thought she was great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks so much, Heather. Uh, also on Facebook, David, Mr. Writer says, what else can one say other than Jonathan Majors is a superstar? Carries the whole episode. Incredible performance from him throughout. Sealed the deal on his last scene with Sylvie. Wow. Speaking of Sylvie... Was I the only one annoyed with Sylvie this episode? More this season, to be honest. 
This episode has been the best so far. I'm sure Derek's happy about the lack of McDonald's. <laughs> also, Miss Minutes, what a little psycho. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. David. Um, but it's weird. I really obviously like little psycho clocks then. Oh, she's perfect though. Like, she was. She's she absolutely perfect. Miss Minutes is great in the episode. I know. I know what you mean about the the show, the episode hanging on her uh, this week because she has so much in the background going on. But I think everybody was was pretty good in this episode. But they I think were. because we haven't seen Miss Minutes up front since last season, really, um, it's great to see her back, and she does really feel central to this episode. She's pushing everything along uh, from the background. So, uh, so yeah. Once again, uh, great little psycho watch. Or clock. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, David, Mr. Writer. Absolutely. Thanks, David. We also got some feedback in from Praline Prelim Martha, who says, I absolutely loved this episode. Jonathan Majors totally won me over. I'm excited to see what happens next. The stage design, the costumes, the music, it was visually stunning. My favorite scene was Miss Minutes creepily putting her face on that dummy. Ooh. Totally with you. Absolutely. Can't wait for the next episode. Uh, yeah, that is just so weird looking, um, as she even just fits the, the mannequin perfectly uh, in the face as well. So yeah. creepy. Great stuff. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Joe Herbers says, Not sure what I thought of this episode. The timely performance was mostly distracting. Was hoping for more Loki-Sylvie interactions than Miss Minutes-Renslayer interactions. Not loving Sylvie's development so far this season. The season is half over, so not really a lot of time after this excursion in the past. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, um, you know, so far has been maybe a little slow on the pacing. Um, mm -hmm. but I have to say, I, I kind of really enjoyed sort of being taken out of the TVA, as I said, and with that sort of, uh, trinity of Miss Minutes, Renslayer and Victor Timely. So mm -hmm. it, it just, it felt fresh so far uh, yeah. to be honest and it was good to get the performance of, of uh, Jonathan Majors um, so yeah it, overall I actually really enjoyed this episode but, I think uh, I think the show so far these three episodes have felt like a lot of style yes um, very much a lot of style and as for Sylvie really we haven't had a huge amount of time of her on screen yet so no. um, so um, you know there, there was a big change this episode her being merciful towards Victor Timely that was quite a quite a huge thing uh, last episode of coming in and helping out the TVA and then walking away from them was a, was a massive moment uh, as well but not a huge amount of screen time it has been much more of Loki and, and Mobius uh, in the TVA in the first two episodes setting things up and then the introduction here of Victor Timely in the second episode so potentially there's more of her uh, to come in the next three episodes. Um, so uh, while we are halfway through, we're also halfway through. There's still the other three episodes. To well, come, that's so, true. Yeah. Um, yes. How very philosophical. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be philosophical. It was meant to be timely, John. <laughs> timely. Uh, thanks so much, Joe. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Dr. Bob Phillips says, I'd forgotten all about the excitement that World Fairs generated in the days before the internet, sci-fi, and votes for anyone who wasn't a rich white man. Absolutely. Superb to set a spectacular He Who Remains variant, barnuming about the place, chased by a murderous Loki, saved by a desperate one, and aided, perhaps, by Miss Machiavelli? All that was missing was a nice burger, fries, and a milkshake smiley face. <laughs> I don't agree, Dr. Bob. Um, we were 
what, what what do we say 65 years 85 years before uh the creation of those golden arches so uh, i'm glad uh they had some they had um, some popcorn that tasted like ash yes according to loki yeah they, they called it something else though. they called it crack or something yeah i didn't, they I didn't did. catch what that was probably crackledy seeds or something yeah that, what, that's what popcorn used to be called I, ye oldy crackledy seeds i guess some of our u.s listeners might be able to tell us what that is um <laughs> Maybe it makes sense, uh, but I didn't know what it was. Uh, but no burgers at all this episode. Good stuff. <laughs> thanks, Dr. Bob. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Bob. And thank you to all our fellow defenders for sending your thoughts on this episode of Loki. Remember, we love to hear your thoughts, observations, comments, and feedback on all uh, the episodes uh, of Loki that we cover and the shows that we cover, of course. So um, great stuff to get uh, your feedback in. Absolutely. You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with your thoughts or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. I did get an email in wondering why we're not doing a Loki pub quiz, John. Yeah. Because we did one for season one. Um, we decided, since we have four open pub quizzes at the moment, that we haven't gotten around to closing and <laughs> and re- rewarding our wonderful fellow uh, defenders with some uh, goodies from those shows, uh, that we'd hold off on uh, on a pub quiz until we'd at least close those four off. If you want to enter those, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with your correct answers uh, to each of them. Uh, Email us there. If you want to know the questions, pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com and there is a pub quiz button up at the top uh, which gives you the questions for the four open quizzes which are for Star Wars Ahsoka, uh, Secret Invasion, Marvel's last uh, TV show uh, on Disney+, Plus, um, for The Wheel of Time which is also finished up on Prime Video and the one that's currently ongoing for Gen V, the boys spin-off over on Prime Video at the moment as well. A couple yes. more weeks of that one to go. Once that's finished, then we'll wrap all four of those up uh, in one show and, uh, and, and it'll be a big spectacular giveaway of uh, of goodies from uh, from each of those four shows yes and of course just one final announcement fellow defenders uh, please uh, share and subscribe to the podcast because sharing the podcast is of course sharing, sharing the, the old love. timely wimely love it is and, and speaking of sharing the love happy birthday again john why thank you thanks so much for joining us we'll speak to you again next time Yet, yeah, thank you so much, fellow defenders, for joining us for this episode of Loki. We will be back with, of course, Loki episode four. But in the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending for all time, always. Bye. Bye.